Hey guys, Kyler back with Kyler Burrell's unedited podcast, episode number 12. Um, so today I'm going to get into my 2021 all prediction segment for the NBA playoffs. I also have, uh, I have my brother rank what he thinks is going to happen this year. So we're going to compare what we've chosen. Um, so what we're going to do is on, on Mondays or Tuesdays, we're going to do the strict NBA, college football, college basketball, NFL, combat sports, just talk those strictly. And then on Thursday, Friday is where I'll ask some other people from around the sport, from around sports, uh, question, they have them ask me questions that I can do on here. We'll rank some list, just highlight some other stuff that's going on in sports. And it'll be just, it'll be that. This is going to be strictly into headlines of college football, basketball, NFL, combat sports. And then today, We'll start off with the NBA 2021 NBA season all prediction segment. We're going to do the East and West playoff rankings and one through eight. And then you're going to add, we, I have my brother add also two teams that could play in the, that could be possibly in the playing game, that could be playing game contenders because they're keeping the playing game for this year. So we'll do that. Then it'll be uh, one team. In each conference, they can make a finals run that's outside of your top three. Um, then it'll be the NBA Finals predictions. Then we'll do top four MVP candidates. And then uh, three guys that, you know, maybe aren't on the traditional, you know, MVP, uh, start of the MVP, or the, on the, that aren't on the start of the season MVP watch list. Guys that we think could make a run that are, you know, maybe younger guys or guys that just aren't as high, highly noticed as guys like LeBron or Luke or AD or Steph or Kawhi or KD or Harden, you know, guys like that. So we're going to start off with the playoff predictions. Okay, so we're going to start off in the East. So me and my brother had the same teams in the top six. We had the same top six. We're not the same. We had the same teams in the top six, not really by rankings. So we'll start with his. He had the Bucks as one. The Nets at two, the Celtics at three, the Sixers at four, the Heat at five, the Hawks at six, the Pacers at seven, the Wizards at eight. His two playing game contenders are the Raptors and the Hornets. Yes, he is the Raptors and the missing the playoffs. Now, I don't think this is very far far fetched here because I think the Raptors got way worse at center. Um, I don't really think they added enough depth to help their team. Lowry's getting older. I don't think Siakam's a real number one guy. I do have them lower as well. So I have Bucks one, Celtics two, Nets three, Heat four, Sixers five, Hawks again. Me and him both have the Hawks at six. I have the Raptors at seven, the Pacers at eight, and then I have the Wizards and the Hornets in my playing game. So we have the same 10 competing for the 10 playoff spots in the East. I think the East was a little easier than that. Um, I, I I was really surprised. I was, I was I'm still kind of surprised he didn't have the Raptors in the playoffs. I do think they'll end up making it, um, but again, I, I you know maybe not. Maybe they won't have you know Van Fleet's finally got that check. Is he still as motivated? We'll see. It happens to guys. Um, I put the Celtics up at two, so I had the for a while. I was having the Celtics at three and four. I just love the Tristan Thompson addition. I think it's going to make a huge difference on their team. Getting a guy like Thompson that rebounds and protects the rim at a very high level. I think that was that's all Boston needed. They have Tatum at the four, Brown at the three, Smart at the two, Kemba at the one. I love that starting five. So I have the Celtics. I bumped them all at two. I still think the Bucks are going to be a great regular season team, especially if they just had Drew Holiday. Um, so I really like the Bucks. So now let's go to the West. We do. We are okay. We're pretty different in the West, I think. 
Okay, so my top, my his top, his eight, he's got the Lakers one, the Nuggets two. That's what I have. We both have the Lakers, Nuggets one and two. We go a little different at three. He has the Mavericks. He thinks they're going to take a huge jump. I couldn't disagree more, but is it possible? Sure, it's possible. Luka Doncic's go out this season, average 34, 12, and 10, and you know, carries him to a bunch of wins. I have the Clippers at four, three still. I still think the Clippers are going to be a three seed in the West. We both have the same four and five. I have the Suns and the Warriors, so does he. At six, he has the Clippers. This is where I have the Blazers. At seven, we both have the Jazz. At eight, I have the Mavericks. He has the Pelicans. His two playing teams, uh, two potential playing contenders, are the Blazers and the Grizzlies. You know, I have this. I have Blazers at six. You know, and then mine are the Grizzlies and the Pelicans as the potential playing games. I guess I have the Mavs all the way down to eight. Way he has them at three. That's our probably our biggest difference in our list, ranking wise. Is you know, and me having the Clippers at three and him having them at six. I understand though; it's very congested. I really think the Lakers are going to be the secure one. I do think. Two through, two through eight is honestly pretty interchangeable. Maybe even nine. The Grizzlies could be better than the Mavs this year. We never know. Um, I think it's it's gonna be really fun. It's gonna be a really fun season though. So then one team we each we picked one team in each conference that could make a finals run that's outside of our top three. He chose the Heat. He goes Heat in a, in a repeat. Not this isn't his prediction. This is a team he's saying could do it though. He goes Heat and Warriors. I understood with both teams. Warriors, he, I mean, Steph Curry can average 40 a game potentially in a series and get you get, get your team hot and get going. I have the 76ers, who I love what they've done. They finally realized that you can't have more than – you can't have another paint player when you're playing Embiid and Simmons. You have to have three shooters around them. Well, they did that. They did that with the draft. They did that when trading. You know, you have Seth Curry, Danny Green. You still got Tobias Harris. You drafted Tyrese Maxey. So I really like what the Sixers did. And then I have the Blazers. I think they're going to take a huge step this year. I think Robert Covington's a tremendous upgrade over Trevor Ariza. Carmelo coming off your bench is a score to get buckets for you to relieve CJ and Dame if they need rest or if they're in foul trouble. I like this. I like the chance of the Blazers. That's why I have them as high as six. And I almost I was, I was, almost thought about putting them at five over the Warriors. Um, it really depends to me on how the Warriors can play without Steph. It really does. But I have the Blazers and the Sixers. He has the Heat and the Warriors. Our NBA Finals predictions. Uh, he had the Lakers versus the Brooklyn Nets with the Lakers winning in six. Again, if you choose any of the top five teams in the East, I don't think it's a wrong choice. I think you can make a case for all of them that uh, they are truly the, you know, either one of them you could say, oh, I think they're going to make it. Well, I think they're going to make it. I think you can truly say any five could make the – NBA playoffs. I chose to go with the Boston Celtics. Again, I'm high on the Celtics. The Tristan Thompson edition. The Jeff Teague edition was great. Tristan Thompson was an unreal... They didn't need to go out and sign or trade for a really like high-paid center that can also... They didn't need to go trade for like a Vucevic. They needed a guy that can protect the rim and rebound the basketball and make hustle plays and energy plays. That's what Tristan Thompson has done his whole career. It was a great signing by the Celtics. I had the Lakers winning in five. He had the Lakers winning in six. So now we're going to go to our top four MVP candidates. And I know everyone's saying you're a LeBron dick writer. I do not have LeBron in my top four. And I'll give you the example when it comes when I give you my list. So his top four, ranking one through four, he had Giannis at one to repeat. He had Anthony Davis at two, Luka Doncic at three, LeBron at four. Great list. I, I don't argue that list at all. That's a great list. I have one I have one guy in there above or that's 
in and LeBron's out. I go Luka one, Anthony Davis two. This is my guy. Steph Curry three and Giannis four. So yes, why do you not have LeBron? Because I don't think LeBron is going to be uh, playing a, a lot of minutes early on, like to where he's. I think he'll his averages through 20, 25 games will be around like 24 points, 12 assists, 8 rebounds. It's going to be a tremendous stat line, but his points are going to be down a little, maybe even 23. Because I think it's, you know, he's not going to go hard immediately. He know he knows. We, we gear up for the final. We gear up for the playoffs. Don't matter if you're a four seed, a three seed, a two seed. I think they're still going to be a one because the, they're 11 deep. But that's why I don't have LeBron in my top four. I think you're going to see Luka average like 31, 11, and 8. I think you're going to see Davis average around 29 and 14. Steph's going to average of above 30 with eight assists and four rebounds. Giannis probably going to go like 28, 15, and, and five. So you're going to have guys that are just, they're going to be playing more minutes and playing harder early on because, I mean, LeBron's going to need the rest. He, he just played in the finals two months ago, and he's not 27 like AD. He's 35. I think all four guys have a legitimate chance here to win it. Steph Curry, I think if he has an excellent season, if let's say Steph goes and averages 31, 9, and 5, he'll win the MVP. Even if Luke is averaging like 30, 10, and 8, or 32, 12, and 8, I think they'll give it to Curry. But Davis is a sneaky good pick here because he's going to, for the first 25 to 30, maybe even all regular season long, he's going to be the number one guy. I expect Davis to average around 30, if not 30 a game, 30, 14, and you know, three blocks and four assists. I expect Davis to be that type of guy this year. So then our top three sleepers for MVP. He went, his number one was Nikola Jokic. Did not disagree there. I really thought about adding Jokic to my list. We have, we only have one of the same on the sleeper list. Um, His number two is Bradley Beal. Bradley could go ahead and average 33 a game this year. It's very possible. Uh, and his number three, or his number two is Beal. His number three is Devin Booker, and this is where we're the same. He had Booker at three. I had Booker at one because I think Booker's going to get a bunch of extra clean looks this year. You're going to see him, Chris Paul's going to, they're going to run Booker off screens, and they're going to be able to find ways to get Booker even more open shots. He's not going to have to create for himself the entire time now with Chris Paul. My number two, Donovan Mitchell. Thought he took a huge step from last year. Uh, in the bubble, he was tremendous. He took over as their leader. You know, he's their leader now. I expect a fabulous season for him. Number three, Trey Young. I put him so low because I think they have such a good team around him. I don't expect a 30-point-a-game season. I expect, like, more assist. I could you, I could see Trey Young averaging legit 27-10, and 27-11, and 26-11 range. Um, but yeah, they have a deeper team now, so he's not going to have to play as many minutes as he did last year for them to win games. And another guy I thought I could have thrown on here was sneaky good, just like Jokic and Beal, was Jamal Murray. The only reason I can't say Jamal Murray or Jokic in my top three is because they share the load so much. Think of it. Devin Booker's clear number one in Phoenix. Donovan Mitchell, clear number one in Utah. Trey Young, clear number one in Atlanta. Well, you can't really say Murray's a clear number one. And honestly, I don't even think you can say Jokic is their, he's their one, but not clearly. Like, they, they'll go to Murray at times in big-time situations. So that's why I would say it's tough for me to put Murray or Jokic in there. I like the list, though. Jokic won. It's sneaky. Because what if you, you never know. Jokic go 28, 12, and 10 one year. Triple-double as a center, and they're going to give him the MVP. <clears throat> okay, so we're going to get into college football now. Headlines. Buffalo running back. Jarrett Patterson rushes for 409 yards and eight touchdowns. My God, that's a ridiculous stat line. 
Um, 70 to 41 win. I forget who they were playing. I really can't remember who they were playing. But good night, that's a stat line. Bad news for Indiana. Indiana quarterback Michael Penix Jr. tears his ACL. He's out for the year. He's having such a good season. Um, heartbreaker for Indiana. Uh, he, he should be back next year. He's a stud. He's so good. Um, big game against Wisconsin for Indiana this week, too. Uh, Vanderbilt Fires head coach Derek Mason after 0-8 record. Not shocked. They're 0-8. <coughs> uh, Trevor Lawrence, hence at 2021 NFL Draft. Uh, There's a little short video that the uh, Clemson Twitter took of him. And uh, he was saying, you know, thank you for, you know, these past three years. I love playing at Death Valley. I love all the fans, everybody. You know, I love Clemson University. He's kind of looking like that might have been his senior night. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, you want to play for the Jets? Okay. So uh, now we're going to get into my post-Week 12 Power 22 rankings. Okay. So my number one and two stay the same. Alabama number one at 8-0. Clemson number two at 8-1. I did jump Notre Dame to three over Ohio State. Body of work is better. You're getting to see Notre Dame play in these big games, and they haven't dipped. They beat North Carolina and hold a very good North Carolina offense to 17 points. So Notre Dame's my three at nine and a four. Still going to go Ohio State for now. They got to play some games, though. You know, you got to play some games. So we'll see what happens here. But yeah, I got Ohio State at four. At five, we got Texas A&M six and one. They get a win over LSU. At six, Florida stays the same. Seven, Cincinnati stays the same. Eight and no. Eight stays the same with Oklahoma. Six and two. BYU up to nine for me. Miami at ten. Indiana stays at or Indiana goes up to eleven. Iowa State at twelve. Georgia at thirteen. Coastal Carolina at fourteen. Marshall at fifteen. They're both undefeated. Northwestern, I dropped them to sixteen. USC seventeen. Oklahoma State eighteen. Wisconsin 19, Washington 20, Oregon 21, and Liberty 22. So now my week 13, five best games of the week prediction. I am 48 and 17. We're doing really well. Some pretty good games this week. I mean, the game of the week to me is Liberty and Coastal Carolina, though. I cannot wait for that. <laughs> um, first game though, number five Texas A&M versus at, uh, goes to Auburn. I got A&M winning thirty four twenty four. Then we got number twenty two, my number twenty two Liberty traveling to my number fourteen Coastal Carolina. I got Coastal Carolina winning thirty eight thirty four. My number eleven Indiana traveling to my number nineteen Wisconsin. Feel bad for Indiana, but I got Wisconsin twenty seven twenty three. West Virginia traveling to my number twelve Iowa State. I got Iowa State winning 31-23. And then Texas travels to Kansas State. I got Texas 31-24. I'm also doing really well in my spreads, 45-20. and 20. Uh, I got number 18, Oklahoma State, minus 2.5 at TCU. Uh, Texas A&M minus 6.5 at Auburn. I got Liberty plus 7.5 versus Coastal Carolina. Iowa State minus 6.5 versus West Virginia. And even without Michael Penix Jr., I got Indiana plus 14.5 at Wisconsin.
So college basketball, some big games start tonight. Um, I'm not going to do my college basketball rankings until really conference play starts. I think after all the teams are done with the non-conference, I'm going to start doing my conference, my uh, rankings, but not right now. Start out with headlines. Just how good is Gonzaga? Damn good. They're the favorites by a landslide right now. They got a couple tough games, t- couple tough more tough games coming up though. They got West Virginia and then Baylor. So you know we'll see what happens there. Um, who do I like right now? Either Baylor or Kansas. I'm not going to say anybody but Kansas in the Big Twelve. They've done it year in and year out. Besides one season in the past 17 years or something like that. So I'm going to say Kansas. I think Kansas is. I think Kansas has the most has the highest ceiling out of maybe any team in the country besides Duke and Carolina. Uh, a lot of young guys for Kansas. A lot of new faces that got to step up, and I think a lot of players that will step up. Jalen Wilson, uh, Bryce Thompson. Um, David McCormick, I think, is going to get better. Um, you know, there's some guys that have a chance. And a couple more guys, you know, Juco transfer. Uh, Dewan Harris, the guard that got in last week and ha- ended up having five assists and a couple steals and a bucket. High ceiling for the Jayhawks with a leader like Marcus Garrett. Uh, Duke of North Carolina. I like Carolina, I think. Tough to tell right now. This question is kind of hard to answer now. I'll lean Carolina because I think they have a higher ceiling with their talent. Uh, shout out Jason Preston, the point junior point guard from Ohio. I think he had like some 30-point game uh, against uh, Illinois. They almost beat Illinois. His story is kind of crazy. Uh, his senior year of high school, he was at a prep school. He was on the C team, only averaging two points a game. He went off in a game, made a highlight tape, and got offered by Ohio. And here he is. Has an amazing game against a uh, top five team in the country. So shout out to him. So what we're going to do is I'm going to do top seven games of the week. You might get teams in here twice. Actually, you're gonna, yeah, you're going to get a team in here twice this week. Two teams in here twice. Uh, so we'll start off Kentucky at Kansas tonight, or Kentucky and Kansas tonight. I got KU eighty three seventy four. Score really doesn't matter. I just throw it out there. Uh, North Carolina Stanford got Carolina seventy six seventy. Michigan State Duke I got Duke eighty one seventy six. West Virginia Gonzaga I got Gonzaga eighty four seventy three. Illinois Baylor I got Baylor seventy nine seventy five. Gonzaga Baylor I got Gonzaga eighty two seventy three. Villanova, Texas. I got Villanova seventy-two sixty-six. Those are my. These are games from tonight until Sunday, and then we redo them Monday, Tuesday. Redo the predictions. Heading to the NFL headlines. Am I still on Tampa? <laughs> That's a question I've been asked a lot recently. Am I still on Tampa? It's a great question. I am. I am still on Tampa. I still think, you know, I have faith in Brady. I have faith in the weapons around him. I have faith in that defense. I still think Tampa, I'm still going to call Tampa my team from the NFC to go to the Super Bowl. And that's another headline. Who is the best contender in the NFC? I have Tampa 1, Green Bay 2, Seattle 3. Right now, I would say Green Bay and Seattle are playing better, and that will show in my rankings when they, when we do this, when we do that here in a minute. But I'm still on Tampa to meet the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. No questions asked. Um, yeah, I like I like Tampa to still get to the Super Bowl. Are the Chiefs going to sleepwalk to back-to-back Super Bowls? I'm not the biggest fan of watching blowouts all the time, but I just don't see a team that can touch them. So let's just say they let's just say for. F- Shits and gigs. The Steelers go undefeated, which could happen. 
So that means the Chiefs are going to get a game against like, okay, so you're going to have Tennessee win the division. Buffalo's probably going to win the division. Steelers and Chiefs. So that leaves a wild card of, right now, the wild card would be the Browns, the Colts, and the Bills. Or in the Dolphins. Okay. Well, neither of those three teams are winning. Okay, so let's just say... Let's say the Chiefs play the, the Dolphins. They'll kill the Dolphins by about 30. Okay, so then they would play... If they're the they're the two, technically, they would probably play the the Titans. Okay, right? Yeah, Titans or Bills. Doesn't matter. Titans. Let's say the Titans... Let's just say each the best team goes on. They play the Titans. Okay, well... We saw last year, Titans were good against them early... Sometimes it doesn't matter. Chiefs end up winning that game by how much? Two touchdowns? Okay. Then you get the Steelers, who I think are the most overrated team in the NFL. And that's because they're undefeated. I think if they were 8-3 and three or 7-4, and four, like I think they are like an 8-3 and three team or 7-4 and four team, I think they've had a very easy schedule, which that, that's fine. It's what happens. It shit happens. We wouldn't be calling them overrated if they were eight and three or seven. I wouldn't be calling them overrated if they're eight and three, seven and four, because I think that's what their record is. That's who I think they are. Like they're obviously, I don't think they're a ten no team. Um. So yeah, I think the Chiefs would beat them by at least ten. And throw the NFC team in there. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I think Tampa has the best shot because their defense can create plays. You saw they got back in the game Sunday. I don't think Green Bay has a good defense. And I know Seattle doesn't. So you can say their pass rush is better, but the Chiefs have a pretty good O-line. Pass rush doesn't matter when Tyreek Hill sprints 30 yards on the field in three seconds and you throw him a go-route and it's a touchdown because your corners can't cover, though. Or when you have Ty- uh, Travis Kelsey and Sammy Watkins who run some of the best 8-10 yard routes in football and they're wide open almost every time. It doesn't matter. Chiefs will sleepwalk to back-to-back Super Bowls. And then... God, God damn it! Somebody better be somebody better get good in the offseason because I don't just I don't see an elite team right now besides the Chiefs. I don't think there is an elite NFL team besides the Chiefs. The Chiefs are the only NFL elite NFL team right now. Maybe uh yeah I'll do that on my next podcast. I'll rank the tiers of the teams as of right now where they stand in the tier rankings. My tiers. Chiefs are the only tier one team. By the way, Cowboys Thanksgiving Day meltdown. My God, I don't even know if I want to get into this. Um. So we're down twenty to sixteen, and then God bless it. Next thing you know, it's forty-one sixteen. I tweet out the Cowboys are going to win the NFC East. We are not going to win the NFC East. I changed my mind. We will not win the NFC East. Oh, it was rough. Rough Thanksgiving Day game. Um, I don't know what to really say about it. No, the season's over. I think we should just go three and thirteen, get the highest pick we can. Probably draft a tackle. Or a good pass rusher. I don't know. Safety. Something to help the team. Dak Prescott getting healthy. Dak Prescott was healthy this year. We're three and eight. I think our record would probably be about six and five, seven and four. We'd be running walking away with the division. Wouldn't have lost to Philly. Wouldn't have lost to Washington twice. There's three wins. That's six and five. That's a three-game lead in the division. <laughs> okay, is DK the new Megatron? Could he be? Yes. Is he right now? Absolutely not. He's an animal, though. He is an absolute animal. 
but he's not the new Megatron yet. All right, so my week 13 game predictions. I'm still 100, I'm 110 and 66. Uh, not counting tonight's game, I think. Yeah, not counting or not counting tomorrow's game now, I guess. The uh, Steelers, are, I do have the Steelers winning, but I mean, I'm sure they will win. Right now, I'm at a 62.5 win percentage. Last year, a 79.3. I'm going to have to go damn near perfect the rest of the way. Probably won't happen. Okay. Raiders at Jets. Sunday early games. Raiders, Jets. Raiders 31 14. Browns, Titans. Titans 31 21. Saints, Falcons. Saints 30 27. Colts, Texans. Colts 27 23. Uh, Bengals, Dolphins. Dolphins 24 10. Jaguars, Vikings. Vikings 31 23. Lions, Bears. Lions 20 13. Sunday late, Cardinals 31, Rams 24. I think the Cardinals bounce back. Uh, Giants, Seahawks, uh, Seahawks 31-20. Eagles, Packers, Packers 28-17. Patriots, Chargers, Patriots 23-20. Broncos, Chiefs, Chiefs 34-17. Monday or pass, because I think, yeah, Cowboys, Ravens is Tuesday night next week. Washington 20, Steelers 28. Bills 27, 49ers 24. Cowboys 17, Ravens 31. That will depend if Lamar's back, though. I might make that game a little closer because they don't have Lamar. I mean, I'm not really sure how that game goes. I think the Ravens still win, but it'd be a lot closer than two touchdowns. Uh, top five spreads, or top five week 13 spreads. I'm 38 and, or 28 and 32. Uh, not going well. Spreads aren't going well. Started off so good. I really feel like all these should hit this week. Raiders, minus 6.5 at the Jets. Chiefs, minus 13.5 at home versus the Broncos. Dolphins, minus 10.5 versus the Bengals. Packers, minus 6.5 versus the Eagles. And Patriots, I get them in a pick against the Chargers. I feel like all five could hit and we could go one game over. It'd be great. The goal is to finish over 500. I didn't finish over 500 last year. I tried to finish over 500 in the... Spreads in the NFL. Doing great in college. Can't goddamn want to spread now these last four weeks. My Power 12 post-Week 12 standings. At 1, I got the Kansas City Chiefs at 10-1. and At 2, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who I believe will be 11-0. And even if they lose, I don't know if I'll move them down at all. I don't think I will. I think even if they lose, I'll keep them at 2 because I don't think – I think they're about as good. If not, they're, they're better than the Packers and Seahawks because that defense. So 3, Green Bay at 8-3. Four Seattle at eight and three, five Tennessee eight and three, six Buffalo eight and three, seven Tampa Bay seven and five, eight New Orleans nine and two. And people are going to say, "Really, Buccaneers over the Saints?" I do not believe in the Saints. You cannot tell me if they have to run with Taysom Hill the rest of the year. They are a legit good team. No, no. And even Drew Brees comes back. I he said it from the get go. He's washed. I know there's some. There's some from nine and two. How are they nine and two? I don't get that. Nine, the Los Angeles Rams at seven and four. Ten, the Indianapolis Colts at seven and four. Eleven, the Cleveland Browns at eight and three. And twelve, the Miami Dolphins at seven and four. Combat sports talk. Here we go. Tyson Roy Jones review. Okay. I loved it. I'm going to say it right now. I loved it. Jake Paul, KO, and Nate Robinson. Mike Tyson looking like phenomenal for fifty four. And winning the bare minimum of seven rounds, even though they declared it a draw, whatever. Um, I loved it. You know, I never, you know, this is, it was a good moment for me because I never got to watch Mike Tyson 
box. It was too young. I think his last fight was 2006. I would have been seven. And it wasn't, you know, I think the Lennox Lewis fight was 2004, so I was five. Um, but even that fight, I never got to see Tyson be Tyson. And was he Tyson from even the highlights I've seen? No, but God damn it, those body shots, you saw some glimpses and the bob and weave, you saw some glimpses of what he used to do. He was in tremendous shape. I think he knows now, though, the next one, it has to be a real fight, though. Like, he's got to go out there and put it on the dude. Because he could have, I have a feeling, I don't want to say they, 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 I guess I can't say that they didn't rig it, but to be a draw, they definitely told Tyson to hold back on the headshots because there was multiple times I rewatched it where he was going body, body, and Roy Jones dipped his gloves to where Tyson could have came up, big time left hook or right hook, and probably put Roy Jones to bed. I loved it, though. Jake Paul, Nate Robinson. What did I say? I called it. I said second round knockout. And guess what? To be not, They should have stopped it in the goddamn first round. When a guy like Nate Robinson, who has zero boxing experience, gets dropped like that the first time he got dropped, and he was on the ground for eight, nine seconds, just flat on his, on his stomach, dude, stop the fight. He doesn't need to take any more punishment. I, okay, don't let him get... Or the second knockdown is fine, too. Call it on the second knockdown. But why do we have to let the guy get knocked out cold? Amazing to me. It is amazing. Um, but yeah, I loved it. I love getting to see Tyson box. Uh, again, it's not like you're watching the old Mike Tyson, but he did show glimpses with the bob and weave, the body shots. The body shots were vicious. They had a couple. He had a couple vicious body shots. The bob and weave was there. I loved it. It was a great moment in combat sports for me. One of the best, one of one of my favorite moments of all time, watching Mike Tyson get back in the ring and just look good. He blew my expectations out of the water. Blew him out of the water for how good he was. It was awesome. Okay, now it's, George Foreman thinks Tyson could win a world title. Okay, George, here we go. Do I think Tyson could beat some... Maybe a few journeyman heavyweight boxers that are like 32 and 11 or 32 and 12. Maybe. But when we're talking heavyweight titles, we're talking him having to go through guys like Dillian White, uh, Andy Ruiz, Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury. Come on, I don't know if that's, that's not real. And I don't want to see that either. Because, and he even said that. No, I'm not going to try to get a license. I like doing this. This is fun for me. What's the point of going out to a world title? He's done it. He's done the world title shit. He doesn't need the world title to be to prove anything to anybody. And he's not beating. He's definitely not beating Joshua or Fury. It doesn't matter if he gets it, even if he gets through a Ruiz or somehow gets through a Wilder. He's not beating Fury or Joshua. So it's cool on that. We're gonna get back to Jake Paul, and Mike Tyson here in a minute. Uh, well, first off, I'm gonna say Roy Joe Jr. is probably gonna box Anderson Silva next. That is probably going to happen. Probably going to see Roy Jones-Anderson next. Uh, it's the five-year anniversary of Fury beating Klitschko uh, to become the lineal heavyweight champion of the world, the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. Uh, get those other four belts, you know. And now he's got the WBC after beating Wilder, so he's captured all the titles that the heavyweight division can offer. In my opinion, he's already one of the greatest boxers of all time and has a chance to still build on that legacy if he, you know, you go out and beat... Joshua twice, shut Wilder up one more time. Maybe somebody else ups makes a run. 
We'll see what happens. Clarissa Shields, maybe the greatest women's boxer of all time, signs with PFL, the Pro Fight League. She's going to be uh, competing on the on their uh, 2021 season. So that'll be very interesting to see. I'm interested to see how she does. Uh, Khabib and Dana are going to meet soon in Abu Dhabi. Who does he fight? That's a big question. I don't think there's a lot of options. Um, I'll give you four. I think a couple are reaching. I think the two main options are if Connor wins. It's a massive fight. It's the biggest fight in UFC history. Or a GSP fight. That would be another one. Um, the two reachers. Tony beats uh, Charles Oliveira. He could do the Ferguson fight finally. Maybe see if you can get that done finally. Or goes up and tries to get the welterweight title against uh, Usman Burns winner. That's another possibility. Uh, those are the four options, really. I'm guessing GSP is the front runner, and then I go Connor, then Tony, then the belt at 170. Uh, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, Poirier says Connor's rematch not about revenge, but about being smarter than him this time. Okay, well, Connor's one of the smartest fighters this the game has ever seen. Poirier gets into wars, man. Um, and this is just what I'm, I, I understand. This is a great fight. And I'm happy this fight's happening. I just, I really do see this fight as a stepping stone for Connor to either get a 155 pound title shot or a 170 pound title shot. In my opinion, it's going to be 155. Either Khabib's got to fight him or he's got to drop the belt, and Connor's going to fight either Tony, Charles Oliveira, Chandler, or Gaethje. Um, but yeah, I really see this. I just don't see it as I just, people are really saying competitive, like Arihuana in DC. Competitive? No, I don't see it competitive. I see a first round knockout. Did you watch? Have you watched Poirier's fights when he goes against good strikers? Yes, he's won. He's won against Gaethje. He won against Dan Hooker. But let's just be honest. No one throws with the precision and violence. That Conor McGregor does at 155 pounds. Nobody. Nobody. Gaethje and Hooker do not, especially don't have the precision of Conor. He gets into a, he gets hit by Conor like he did by Hooker. He's going to sleep. He's going to sleep. I just really don't see this as much of a fight. I love Dustin Poirier too. And I think he's a very, very good fighter. I would rank him the fourth best in the division. Khabib being one right now, Connor two, Ferguson three. I'm still not sold on Gaethje. I want to see a Ferguson rematch there, or I want to see him fight Dan Hooker, or him fight RDA. I just don't see it. I really don't. I, I, there's no one I think that can talk me into saying this is a tough fight for Connor. I think if Connor goes in there, the way he was focused and ready to go like he was in the Cowboy fight, I don't think so. I don't think it's. I don't. I don't think it goes only forty seconds. And it went ninety seconds last time. I mean, I'm three, four minutes though. Three minutes, maybe. I don't know, man. I'm not sold though that it's going to be a very competitive fight. So what's next for Jake Paul, and Mike Tyson? I talk about Roy Jones Jr. Uh, he's going to probably box the Anderson Silva, Nate Robinson, never get in the ring again. So three options for Jake Paul. I think the number one clear cut number one option is KSI, who uh, beat his brother. Uh, Logan. 
Um, let's count the YouTube shows as well. KSI is technically 2-0-1. A win over Joe Weller, another Englishman, and Logan Paul, and then a draw versus Logan Paul. Jake Paul, 3-0 of three finishes over Deji, Gibb, and now Nate Robinson. KSI's tough. I just don't see... I think Jake Paul walks through him. May take a look. Maybe, maybe three rounds, though. Maybe. Second option, he's been asking for some wrestlers. Ben Askren, Dylan Dennis. Those are favorable matchups for him if you're talking him fighting MMA fighters because they're not the best strikers. We don't really know how good Dennis is standing, though, because he has never had to show it. So we don't know how much he's improved. We know Ben Askren's striking is not good. We've seen it. End of the day, my FI. Good night. I think Jake Paul beats Ben Askren. I'm going to be really honest with you. I think Jake Paul would beat Ben Askren in a boxing match. And I really don't know about Dylan Dennis. Uh, it depends on the striking. How good is it? How good has it gotten? I would also be rooting for my boy Dylan Dennis. And I love Jake Paul too, but I'd be rooting for Dylan Dennis. It's a good fight though. I'd like to see it. Let's see it. Let's see them all. Chill on Connor. Okay. Should it happen? No. Could it though? Yes. Because if you offer Connor enough money, he's not saying no. If they come up with $200 million, I was at 300 I'll go down to 200 because he made about over 100 for Florida. I'll say if they can come up with a guaranteed of $200 million plus the pay-per-view percentage, maybe $150 million plus the pay-per-view percentage, maybe you get Connor out of bed for that. That's a terrible fight for Jake though. Why not keep fighting these other YouTubers or fight, you know, first test yourself against a guy like Askren, who's an MMA fighter, but not a boxer, who's not a good striker. If you beat him, then maybe fight guys like that. But don't Jorge Masvidal and Connor. Those are just rough ones. Those are rough ones. Jake Paul's getting fucked up in those fights. Mike Tyson. I really don't think there's two options right now. One sounds like this one's next. Evander Holyfield. The trilogy. The way Mike Dyson looked, I don't like this fight for Evander Holyfield. I think my... And then, again, and the number two option is Lennox Lewis. Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. are cool with each other. Mike Tyson doesn't really like either one of these guys. So if they box, you're going to see Mike Tyson go out there and try to hurt both of them. You're just going to try to hurt Holyfield and hurt Lewis. Get those revenge. Get the revenge on it. He's going to try to hurt them. But those are the only two options, really. Holyfield Lewis. I think Holyfield's going to be next. We're in November. We're in December now. April. April or May. Could see that going down for Tyson Holyfield. Predictions. Not many big fights coming up. Big boxing match. Uh, I'm just going to do the prediction on uh, Jack Hermanson. Uh, Vittori. Um, Hermanson was supposed to fight Kevin Holland. I actually like this fight better. Because Vittori's very good on the ground as well. I still have Hermanson. I'm going to go Hermanson via third-round sub. I was going to have first-round sub if it was Kevin Holland. But I got Hermanson via third-round sub. And the big one, Earl Spence Jr. back. First fight back after that wild-ass car accident that he was ejected from the car and lived. The crazy thing is, the police officer said that actually him being ejected from the car saved his life. If he would have... Uh, been in the car the entire time of the wreck. He probably would have, he definitely would have died or he would have had a very, very good shot at dying. Ejecting from the car actually gave him a 50 50 shot to live. So, first fight back is against uh, Garcia. Spence via decision. I think he just outboxes him. Um, it's a good fight, though. 
Tough one for your first comeback fight since that wreck. He didn't know if he'd ever fight again. I got Spence via decision, though. All right, so like I said, this one was just, you know, strictly NBA, college basketball, NFL, combat sports. But uh, Thursday or Friday will be more like list episodes, answering questions, uh, ranking, stuff like that, or just highlights of the week, dumbass tweets from the week, stuff like that. But uh, thank you guys for listening. See ya.